Welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you, brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, the commish, the Denver Desert Dog, sitting at 7-2. and two. We're talking Week 10 football in the SOFFL this week. Joining me, Shane Stein. How you doing, Shane? Good to be here, Matt. Nice and to be back live in the studio. It is nice. It is nice. Uh, it's nice to have you here. Ed. You're also here with us. Back on the iPad. Yeah, I'm there. Back in your studio. Yeah. What's good, man? How you doing? I'm here. Is that a good thing? <clears throat> we'll find out. Just time, time goes on here. Alright. So we're talking week 10. Lots going on. Big week. We're excited about it, right, Shane? Always, always excited. Got to be uh, coming down the home stretch here. A lot can happen. Two weeks left till your first uh, playoff piece is due. Correct. You never made your playoff prediction piece either. I never, I never did. Forgot yeah. all about that. Yeah. I'm assuming you weren't going to have yourself winning it. I wasn't. Maybe Ed. I think Ed was. Your I didn't have myself making the playoffs, so I couldn't. I think Ed was your preseason favorite. All right, you got trivia, though. I do. Um, went a little different route tonight. Um, Man, I studied all my top tens, too. <laughs> I figured you guys were going to be on to me, so I switched it up a little bit. So, yeah, couldn't get a head start. Um, no, I've just been thinking about how important quarterback play has been in our league this year. And I just kind of wanted to do a little something different. There are nine quarterbacks starting quarterbacks currently this week in the NFL that did not play at a Power 5 conference school. What we're going to do here is I want the nine quarterbacks that did not play at a Power 5 conference school. You guys are only going to get 15 seconds per, per your pick here. So whoever wants to start. Starting this week? That are the 32... Okay. Well, whatever, minus the bot. Okay. I mean, they, they don't have to be... Out of the 32 NFL teams, the current starting quarterback. You want to go first or should I? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is correct. Uh, You also have to name the school, sorry. But you guys should be able to do that. That's the fucking add on hour? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. The fighting Fargo's. North Dakota State is correct. I'll take uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio Redhawks. That is correct. <clears throat> we gotta do a better job of using the time here. Yeah, because I'm all out. Can we can we get it to like 25 seconds? Can we add an extra 10? I'll give you 20. All right, 20. Thanks, thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Me, Jack. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Harvard. That's correct. 18 seconds. Good job, Ed. <clears throat> I'll take uh, Wacko for Flacco, Delaware. Correct. And the buck stops there. I had to pull up the standings just so I could see every team. I know you did the same thing, so. I don't know where these jerk offs played. Guess. You can get half credit. Um, 
time is up. Say name. UCF, not USF. That's right. <clears throat> I forgot about that. I was thinking of the hard ones. Um, I don't know if this is Power 5 or not. I know it wasn't when he played there. I'll go with uh, Derek Carr, Fresno State. Correct. Mm, that's a good one. I forgot about him too. Is it, are we going when they played there or where they are now? Cause, where they are now. Alright. So the red rifle's out, right? That was going to be the tie-breaking question, oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> the red rifle is out. <laughs> <clears throat> There's three left, though. Did we just name three already? Wow. It's not beat hard. <laughs> uh, it's not beat hard. The timer was a little tougher than I thought, so I'll give you guys some, some slack. Got three left. The hardest part is figuring out who the starting quarterbacks are for some of these teams. <laughs> Where did Savage play? He's, uh, he went to Pitt. <clears throat> Ooh, I got my next one. Go for it, cause Marcus Mariota, Hawaii. You went to Oregon. You went to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Oh, that That's so rich. bad. That's terrible. I don't know where Josh McCown went, but he's gonna be an answer. <laughs> <clears throat> A little harder than I thought. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Who's starting for the Browns this week? Um, Alex Smith, Utah. Well, Utah is a Power Five school. Okay. They were not when he was there, but they are now. I don't know where... Oh, Case Keenum went to Houston. Case Keenum is correct. He went to Houston. Um, is Boston College not... No, they're in the ACC. There's two left. You guys have touched on both <coughs> kind of who they are. McCown. Josh McCown is an answer. He, he started out at SMU and then finished at Sam Houston State. Uh, and the last one's kind of a uh, kind of a glitch. Uh, Notre Dame to Sean Kaiser. Oh yeah. Uh, not in a conference. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the tiebreaker was gonna be name the only quarterback in the NFL that played for a Big Twelve school. <clears throat> and that is Andy Dalton, even though they weren't in the Big 12 when he played. But he's the only one in the NFL that plays for a team that's currently in the Big 12. That was kind of shocking to me. So basically, just no quarterback coming from the Big 12. Yeah, know. it's a shame Johnny Manziel didn't make it. 
Oh, they're in the SEC now, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. Conferences are brutal. All right, that was a good one, Shane. I liked it. Well, something a little different. Um, standings recap. Things got a little weird last week. The Favre has myself at seven and two, Steel Curtain and St. Louis Patriots at five and four, Sea Wolves at four and five, Teabag at four and five, and the Bull Weevils at three and six. <coughs> L.A. has a tie at the top, six and three between the Ice Cream and the Hammer. Ice Cream holds a tiebreaker. They beat the Hammer twice. Mad Dogs at five and four, the Clan coming hard at four and five. Abuseman Park at three and six, and the Fleetwood franchise at two and seven. <clears throat> um, three teams at five and four right now. Do you think all three of them make the playoffs? Well, I hope not, because <laughs> I feel like I need at least one of them to come back down. I mean, I do need one of them to come back down. Um, I'm going to say no. I think two of them get in. What do you think, Ed? I agree. <coughs> I'm guessing you guys think mix the odd man out. No. <coughs> I don't. Patriots. I think the Patriots might be the odd man out. They definitely have the tougher schedule down the stretch. Um, Mick did already use his game against his brother, though, so... Still has a game against Abuseman Park. I don't see anyone else really selling in the L.A. Unless Fegley were to drop one here in the next week or two. So. Yeah, I just... I think I like Nick's chances to get to seven wins better than I do the Patriots. I think they got they got to play the Wolves. They got to play T-Bag. They got to play... <coughs> He's got Bull this week. And they got to play you, right? No, did he just beat Bull last week? Yeah, he just beat Bull last week. So he's got to play all the top four teams in our division. The other top four teams in our division. He did make a nice trade, so that's a good segue into uh, when talk about the trades that happened this week. Both of them happened on Sunday, actually. We'll start off with that first trade. St. Louis Patriots get Michael Crabtree and Jarek McKinnon for Will Fuller and 15 bucks draft cash. What'd you guys think of that deal? Good trade for both sides. Um, I guess it's good for Papagaz. It's good for Bull to get the money. I mean, yeah, I mean, Bull was going to get his money regardless. I mean, it was kind of just a matter of when um, he had enough players to, to pull off of to get his extra fifteen bucks. Um, good move for Papagaz. Added two two players that certainly going to go right into the lineup. <clears throat> yeah. He needed a couple players and he got them. I mean, I don't know that they tip the scale huge, but. No, they, they shore both, up some things for Yeah, him. they both fill some necessary holes for that team. Um, the other trade that happened was between the Clan and the Hammer. The Clan gets Melvin Gordon and Jared Goff for DeAndre Hopkins and Jimmy Graham. Thoughts on that deal? 
thought it was uh, that was a pretty good move for both sides. Actually, I mean, Fegley was trying to sell. Obviously, he gets the news Deshaun Watson's <coughs> out for the year. I think everyone kind of can agree that hurts Hopkins' value a little bit. Um, Tom Savage not nearly the the quarterback threat that Watson is, or has had proven to be through five or six starts, whatever it was. Um, Savage has proven that he just can't throw the ball down the field enough. No. Um, so that kind of just kills his value a little bit as far as big plays. Um, that being said, Hopkins is still a valuable receiver, but I think we saw last year how much that can hurt him. Um, Fegley was still trying to sell high to me. He was trying to get Antonio Brown. Um, once Watson was down, I mean, that deal is out of the window. And then he's still still able to sell high on him, I think, and get a really nice, nice running back at a good keeping price as well, which is nice. Um, still keeps him in it for this year, getting back a solid player, and gets a, a nice keeper, I think, which is probably better keeper value than the Hopkins at 40 for next year. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't really like it at first, but I feel like I feel better about it. I mean, <clears throat> Butler's wide receiver core was in shambles, so, I mean, to get Hopkins and then Graham, who's a weekend, week-out starter. I think it looks a lot better now than, I, than my first gut reaction was. Yeah, that, that was the thing. I didn't touch on Butler's side of it. I mean, he, he needs some guys that can catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he needed a wide receiver desperately. And he had good running back depth, so. He had good running back depth, and he, need, he needed a wide receiver and a tight end. I mean, I mean, Witten was okay, but it's, it's just not cutting it. I mean, you got to look for someone that's going to put up a little bit more than that week in, week out, and Graham's that kind of guy and get in the end zone. Yeah. I, I thought Fegley won the deal, but um, I also thought Butler made some necessary improvements to his team, so I understood why he did it. Um, sneaky Jared Goff is the guy in this deal that actually could end up showing some things, I think. So, Jameis has been a train wreck, and Matt Ryan's been uh, just inconsistent, so I thought adding Goff was a nice move as well. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to talk Week 10 matchups now. We'll start off with Bowl versus Stein. Weevils versus the Go-Homers. We'll start off with Bowl's team. We kind of touched on this already, but I figured we'll just keep going here. Do we like Will Fuller as a keeper for this team for next year? Guys, but Fuller five bucks. What was Mixon? He's twenty seven or twenty eight, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I mean, I, I I just don't think that what he was doing is sustainable. I feel like the league will catch up to Watson next year, um, but I guess it's an option. I'd like to say yes, but I, I just don't think I can. Um, I think Fuller's a little too dependent on the big play. It's kind of, kind of like Deshaun Jackson for me. I mean, yeah, he's going to have some weeks where he's going to put up real big numbers when he catches a, catches a big one, but I, I just don't know that he's consistent enough for me to – if I'm going to keep him, I want someone that's going to produce just about every week. And I think Fuller's the kind of guy that you might get five or six real good weeks and then – Five or six, five six points. 
five dollars is nice. Um, Bo will again be the leader in the clubhouse in terms of money because if he does keep Fuller for five, along with Ingram for one, six bucks on the two twenty-five budget, so that's huge. Um, I will say, Eddie, I kind of agree with you in the sense that I think the league might catch up to Deshaun Watson, but I also was thoroughly impressed with his ability to throw the deep ball. That was one piece of his game that I didn't know existed um, to really air it out downfield, and that plays into Fuller's strength. So I'm still okay with that. I don't. That was one thing. You know, I think a lot of people are comparing Watson to Robert Griffin in his rookie year. Um, I just think they kind of run in completely different defenses. Griffin's sustainability was more on the short passing game and zone read stuff and I know there was some zone read components in the Houston offense but a lot of his success was on down the field <clears throat> passing plays so I'm okay with Fuller as a keeper knowing the fact that it's going to leave him money Mixon, I, I love the talent I feel like they're in for a coaching change finally in Cincinnati after this year and I'd like to see the Bengals take a page out of the Rams playbook, bring in a real offensive mind that can be creative with the talent that they have on this offense between Green, Mixon, Ross, um, Boyd, Eifert, and really and make Dalton be more effective. Get these guys moving around um, and do some things there. But they also need to shore up the offensive line. That's been atrocious this year, one of the worst units in the league. So... Um, I like Mixon for next year, but I need to see some things to make him, I think, more effective. So, Move over to Stein's team. Is Antonio Brown the top play of the week at wide receiver? He's destroyed the Colts the last three times he's played them. I think he has seven touchdowns in those three games. Um, this is probably a pretty easy question to answer. <laughs> yeah, they are. They also lost Vontae uh, Davis, so... Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if Vontae Davis is on him, I mean, I think it slows him down a little bit, but, I mean, him out, he's got to be. Even though it's Road Ben? <laughs> I don't know that Road Ben pertains in this situation. Yeah. Um, we saw what happened last year. They got him, was it Thanksgiving Day? I think so. Um, backup quarterback for the Colts, we just, it was just drubbing. Yeah. And I expect the same. The only thing that slows him down is... They might be up 30 really early. Yeah. Not like Brown this week. Who uh, who wins this game? Weevils versus the Go-Homers. <coughs> Stein. Oh, man. This is, uh, this is my season, pretty much. I really think this one's close. But something's brewing and take your ball and go home. And uh, I feel like the luck's switching, so... I'm going to take myself. I will also take Stein for a clean sweep. We'll go to Mick versus Sure, the Mad Dogs versus Abusement Park. Start off with the Mad Dog squad. Can Mick comfortably start? You like that this week. That being Kirk Cousins against Minnesota. Yes. Because he has to or because you think he'll do okay there? Because he's playing the park and he can. Because what? Because he's playing the abusement park and he can. So you're saying just based on the opponent that he's playing in fantasy-wise? Um, I don't think he can confidently, no. Minnesota's defense is for real. Um, I think they might have the best defense in the league, so... 
Washington has not looked good either offensively the last two weeks, I think. So. No. Uh, so I, you can't confidently start Cousins this week. I agree. Um, I would have been looking to maybe add Josh McCown against Tampa Bay this week. I think he was the top guy out there. I also liked Eli against the Niners this week. So He's already on. I'm playing against him. <clears throat> Oh, did he get him today, this week? Uh, yeah. Oh, did he? Okay, didn't know that. <clears throat> um, all right. Question for sure's team is Robbie Anderson a top twenty-five guy at wide receiver? I have no idea where he is. Right now? Yeah. Right now he's nineteen. Um, yeah, I mean, it certainly feels like it. I mean, he's taking the biggest step. So, I'll say yes. Someone's got to catch the ball. I've been pretty impressed by him. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Um, based on volume, I mean, he's they don't really have many other options there to, to catch the ball. I mean, he, he's, he's got to get... Six, seven looks a game at least. And that, that pretty much puts you in the top 25. Yeah. Range. Yeah, deep, deep plays. He seems to always be <clears throat> an option for the end zone. Um, I've been impressed by Robbie Anderson. He seems to be catching everything that's thrown his way, too. So I think the three of us definitely have a soft spot for Robbie Anderson in our hearts, too. <laughs> Came up with a big uh, Week 15 touchdown for us, I think. Uh, to get us into the championship of our CBS League last year, so definitely Robbie Anderson fans here. Who uh, who wins this matchup? The Mad Dogs versus the Park. Mad Dogs. Mm. I'm gonna go with the Mad Dogs. I agree. I will make that an, another clean sweep. Sure's team has so much red on it. It just looks like colored in with red crayon between suspended Qs and IRs. So, <clears throat> start off now with Butler versus Ty. It's a pretty one-sided, uh, one-sided affair here. We're looking at. We'll start off with Butler's team, though. Fun, fun little question here. Which duo scores more points this week, Sanu and Freeman of the Falcons, or Miller and Hopkins of the Texans? Butler seems to have a lot of, he's like, his whole team is, I think, four teams. The Texans, the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Packers. Everyone on this team is basically from those four teams. So, out of the two main duos, though, who do you think does better? Um, we have riveting energy on this podcast right now. <laughs> I'll go with the Atlanta side of things. Yeah, I think there's going to be some points in that game. Um, I'll take Freeman and Sanu Sr. Yeah, I uh, I like Sanu and Freeman. I think Miller's the guy that I just don't like this week. I don't think there's much room for him to do much. Um, Sanu's been sneaky really good, too. He's been on fire lately. Um, definitely giving Butler the boost that he needs at that wide receiver position that we talked about earlier, so... I think Freeman gets right this week, too. So I think it's a, it's a nice little matchup for him. I still think Hopkins gets his based on the fact I think they're going to be down 
pretty big in that game. So I think he gets forced out of the targets, and I think that's what keeps Miller out of this one. Talk about Ty's team. Um, is Corey Davis a legit keeper option for the franchise? I don't feel like there's a whole lot there. Um, but I'm interested to see what this guy does the rest of the year. Not right now, no. <clears throat> well, we were looking at this earlier. I think, I mean, Dalvin Cook is probably his one keeper, even coming off of the injury. Yeah, he should be okay. I think he got hurt early enough this year that I think he should be back for next year okay. Yes, yeah, so you got to figure Cook is looking at him as his number one keeper. Um, I don't know. There's not a whole lot here that I'd be excited about keeping. be interesting to see what happens in Indianapolis in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, you got to Mar- think Frank Gore's time's up. Yeah, Marlon Mack should be their guy next year. So I guess it comes down to, to Mack, Davis, and Doxson is what I said earlier. Doxson, two others that I would keep my eye on are uh, Dante Foreman in Houston and possibly Brita in San Francisco if Hyde were to get let go. But that's a long shot for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I want to see I want to see Corey Davis get force fed some targets here the last couple of weeks. I want to see what kind of a talent this guy is. He's a guy I don't think we all got to see a lot of because he played for Western Michigan. Correct. So um, definitely want to see what kind of a ball player he is down the stretch here. I think we can all agree that Butler's going to win this one, right? Yes. Yeah, the hammer. Clean sweep. Three clean sweeps to start. That's why we put the uh, the boring games first. And now we get into what I think the coin flips are here. So, Phil versus Papa Kaz. Seawolves versus Patriots. Start off with the Seawolves roster. Where do we stand on De- Stefan Diggs' rest of season? Do you guys think he can be an asset for the Seawolves here? Um... for them to do what they want to do and have a shot at winning that division, he's going to have to be. <clears throat> yeah, of course he can. I think Biggs is really good. Um, I think he's a kind of guy that, that makes that offense kind of tick. They need, him to, they need him to make big plays. They need someone that can stretch the field a little bit, and he's that guy. Um, I don't think they're... I mean, they're, they're the kind of team that wants to win in a slugfest, but they need someone to stretch the field a little bit and, and let their offense do some things as far as running the ball. So, I mean, he has to be. I think Diggs is good enough to, to be that kind of player too. So, uh, I kind of like him down the stretch. Yeah, Diggs is a good player. Um, I, my question, I think, more revolves around the quarterback position. I mean, Keenum's been better than anyone would have imagined and better than he's ever looked in his time in uh, – the Rams franchise, so I'm okay with Keenum, but I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that Bridgewater will take the last snap for this team this year at some point. I mean, he's back this week. I, I think it's just a matter of time. I know, Eddie, I think you're actually a Bridgewater fan, correct? Um, no, the fan's the right word. I just I just said preseason that this was going to happen eventually. It took longer than I expected, if I'm being honest, but I felt like this was always going to come. Where do you stand on Bridgewater, Shane? I think Bridgewater, 
actually gives them a better chance to win the way that they need to play to win. Um, I think Bridgewater's the kind of guy that can they can kind of play safely, manage the game, let their defense kind of control the game for them, <clears throat> and uh, not make too many mistakes and win. So, I mean... Keenum's got a little gunslinger in him yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, sure I mean, he, he's used to, he comes from Houston where they were they were chucking it every play of the game. So, I mean, it's kind of like tough to tone that down. Um, I think Bridgewater's gives them more of a reserved control the ball, not make too many mistakes, and let's try to win 17 to 13. Seawolf's projected for the highest score of the week so far at 126.4. I thought that was a massive number. Um, we'll go over to Papa Casa's team. Great matchup for the Lions. Uh, currently doesn't have Matt Stafford in, but he has two-thirds of his Detroit triumvirate in the lineup with Amir Abdullah and Marvin Jones Jr. My question, though, revolves around Marvin Jones. Do you guys feel like he's the new number one in Detroit? <clears throat> yeah, I've felt like he was going to be the number one last year and if he started that way injuries derailed that um I've never been a Golden Tate guy I never will be um yeah I think he's better hard not to right I mean <laughs> yeah <clears throat> last couple of weeks 128 107 um the volume has been there too which yeah. normally it's Tate is the volume guy and Jones gets three or four big plays yeah, I mean, hard not to believe that, that Jones isn't the number one guy now. I mean, two massive weeks, four a four-week stretch here where he's been really good. Um, at least six catches. I think he's past Tate. Yeah. I'll, I'll still take Tate, but I'm, I've always been a Tate guy on the opposite side of Ed. I think Tate's got massive talent, guaranteed 90 catches every year, basically. So um, I'll still take Tate as the number one. I think the fact that Tate has been so good is what, kind of allows Marvin Jones to get the looks that he gets. So I think there's a place for both guys. And Papa Kaz, ever since we kind of said on the podcast that that Jones trade is what was going to kill his season, Jones kind of picked it up a little bit. So funny how that works out. Who wins this one, Patriots versus Wolves? Really, both teams got to have it. This is big, big game. <clears throat> I'll take the Wolves for matchup reasons. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, clearly, the the Patriots can kind of not punch their ticket, but really makes them difficult to knock it in if they don't win this one. Um, but I think the Wolves get it done this week. Um, the Le'Veon Bell, Ben Rossberg against Indy is just it's gonna be tough. To, you gotta figure there's forty five points coming there. I'm going to take my dad. I think he finds a way this week. I don't know why. Uh, just feel like things have been rolling his way a little bit. So I think that continues. Just a gut call. Patriots are running the two tight end set, <clears throat> just so everyone knows. They are. He uh, he was debating today dropping uh, someone to pick up Tyler Lockett and play him in the flex spot. So. Apparently the Locket love runs deep in the Cause fam, so but he dis- ultimately decided against it. Lockett did get a deep ball target, but uh, one of the safeties on the Cardinals broke it up, so that would have been a big play for him. Let's go over to the Clan versus Ice Cream, Fegs versus Spears. Another huge one in terms of uh, 
playoff implications. The clan needs to just come in and needs to be keep coming hard. And Spears just again somehow won't die. The guy just keeps winning week in week out, um, and he's sitting atop the Elway. So we'll start off with Fegley's team. Who do you think has the better game this week between the new running back duo of the clan, Leonard Fournette or Melvin Gordon? <clears throat> Fournette. I think there'll be more of a more of a commitment to him than there will be to Melvin. Yeah, I'm gonna go Fournette as well, just because they're at home. I uh, I will also go with Fournette. I think he has a uh, he has a real nice game this week against the Chargers coming off. I think I guess two fresh weeks really between the bye. Maybe it's three. He didn't play, had the bye, and then got suspended last week. So he's he should be fresh and ready to go. <laughs> James Harden just had a 35-point first quarter in FanDuel, by the way. So. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty impressive. <laughs> go over to Spears' team. Do you guys think Jordy Nelson and Ty Montgomery can start on a playoff team? I don't think they can start on a team that's going to make a run. I just, uh, there's not enough there. The offense is bad. Uh, Montgomery seems like he's in a straight-up split with Aaron Jones. Uh, and I think I think we're seeing that Jordy's talent is, it feels to me like it's so Aaron Rodgers chemistry-based. So... It's not good right now for those two. I mean, well, one of them's going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is going to be a playoff team. Um, <clears throat> they're going to get in. Um, Are they? They're going to get in. Okay. Um, but so I mean, at least at least one of those guys is going to be in there. I think. I mean, Nelson's kind of hard to take out of your lineup, especially this lineup. Um, Montgomery, I can see him getting getting benched at some point. Yeah, Montgomery's the one that I think has to go at some point. I agree with that. I don't know. I don't know for who though. I mean, without without Rogers, it's just it's just the Green Bay stock, man. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. I actually thought Hundley would play this week. Well, last week coming off the bye week, I was I was wrong about that. <clears throat> who wins? Fegs versus Spears. I'll pick Fegley, assuming that he gets the better players in his lineup. Fegley, and it's not close. I want to see what you mean about that there. So you think he should have golf in at quarterback? Uh, I do. Is that it? Uh, Is that the only one? Or? I also think he could put Sammy Watkins in for one of those receivers. I'm not thrilled about Kevin Benjamin. Or Curse. Or Demaryius Thomas. Yeah, I think I think actually Watkins is actually a play this week. Wouldn't be surprised if Terrence Williams had a decent game too if Zeke is in fact suspended. So I liked the uh like the pickup of grabbing him just in case. I will also take Fegley though. I think uh I think he's coming hard. I think he's gonna end up getting one of the top two spots in that division. 
Alright, and the spotlight matchup of the week. The Desert Dogs and the Steel Curtain. Top two teams in the power rankings for the last couple weeks here. Um, start off with my team. Give me a Sterling Shepard stat line prediction. Um, <clears throat> seven for eighty four. Um, I'll go with six for seventy five. And a touchdown. Six for ninety-two and a score. I think he. I think he gets in this week. I like Shep's matchup a lot. Nice, nice value on Fanduel too this week. I think he's like fifty-three hundred or something like that. So, um, question for Ed's team: Will the flex two and RB two be the reason the curtain lost this week if they lose? So that's Doug Martin. And Bilal Pal. Um, their spots are far from set. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they're gonna be the reasons if they do. Um, kind of like them everywhere else. So, if you can get some production from those guys, I think it could be a real good week for the curtain. I like the Garrett Selk ad. That was nice, Ed. And I think A.J. Green goes absolutely bonkers this week in a good way. Not bonkers like he went bonkers last week. So, um, Who wins? Dogs versus Curtain. Can't pick against the dogs right now. Um, I'm going to go with the Curtain. And Ed has enough this week. I'm going to take myself. No reason not to. So. That's what I say every week. Yeah, dogs have the best thing, <clears throat> but I think the curtain have, uh, have the mattress this week. No, one that scares me for Ed is Drew Brees at Buffalo. But he's been playing fairly efficient football this year. So, we'll see. <clears throat> All right, you guys ready for some rapid fire? Always. All right, who you got this week? Ben at Indy or Goff versus Houston? Ben. Goff. I will take Ben. I never thought we'd be talking about Jared Goff in week 10 of a fantasy football season. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Makes me feel a lot better about my jersey purchase this year. <laughs> um, who you got this week? Same teams, different position. Le'Veon Bell at Indianapolis or Todd Gurley versus Houston? Bell. Todd Gurley. Just trying to sink the dogs, Shane. I see you. Going back to your old ways. I want you to win, man. I'll take Bell as well. I need you to win. Bigger game this week, Robert Woods versus Houston or Brandon Cooks at Denver? Woods. Woods. Um, I agree. 
Although I heard that they're not the no-fly zone anymore, the Broncos. <laughs> How, can we just, I'm going to pause that rapid fire. How was it at being at that game last week? It was a lot better than I expected. Really? Um, That's your first NFL game, right? I was at one when I was like 10. Oh. I was at the vet to see uh, an Eagles-Cardinals game back when they were in the same division. Um, don't really remember anything from it. Back when the Arizona Cardinals were in the NFC East. Yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, actually, they even still might have been named Phoenix at that point. I don't yeah, know. maybe. <laughs> I don't even remember, but don't remember much from the game. But yeah, it was a pretty good atmosphere at the link. I mean, obviously the team's good now, so the, the fans are happy. Um, so that everyone down there kind of is expecting Super Bowl or bust. The people are still brutal, though. The people are still uh, pretty difficult to, to stomach at some points. Um, not a whole lot of knowledge flowing through, <laughs> that, flowing through that fan base, through the stadium, but they do have a good team, so yeah. it's tough to take away. It was fun. <clears throat> All right, we're going to restart rapid fire here. Bigger upside as a streamer, Garrett Selleck versus the Giants or Eric Ebron versus Cleveland? This is, this is the tight end puzzle matchup between me and Ed. Ebron. Um, Selleck. I'll take Selleck. You want to do a trade? Selleck for Ebron? More <laughs> Nothing. More likely to be top 20 uh, wide receiver this week. Devin Funches versus Miami. Or Kelvin Benjamin versus New Orleans. I'll take Funches. Funches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there will be a Funches question on every podcast from here on out the rest of the year. Um, I will also take Devin F. Funches. Who do we like more this week? Go from two guys, two guys that play wide receiver that run like tight ends to two good tight ends. Uh, who do we like more, Gronk at Denver or Evan Engram at San Francisco? Give me Engram. Gronk. <laughs> Shane always takes Gronk. <laughs> no reason not to. Best player, best tight end in the league. Um, I'm going to take Evan Engram as well. Love both matchups. Um, just feel like, for whatever reason, Tom gets a little rubber leg in uh, Denver. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Better game this week. Drew Brees at Buffalo or Eli Manning at San Francisco? Brees. Eli. I will also take Eli. And who is more likely to be a top five running back this week? Carlos Hyde versus the Giants or Jordan Howard versus the Packers? Howard. Howard. I'll go Hyde. Although I like both this week. I actually think I have Howard in my fan lineup. I thought I liked his price this week. All right, man. We gave you a week off from the two-for-one special. Our wallets are now empty because of that. So we need some plays this week. Go, Doug. 
Cowboys plus three. Boys plus three. You love betting against the Falcons, man. Not saying it's a bad thing. Just feel like that's been a trend with you lately. Bengals plus four and a half. Bengals plus four and a half against Tennessee, correct? Yeah. Dogs are getting tough this time of year. Yeah, I feel like Vegas has gotten super tight here in the last couple of weeks. Alright, so those are the uh, two-for-one underdog picks. Let's look at the best bets here. Ed, 15-9, and nine, running away with this thing at this point. Shane, 11-13. and 13. And myself, 12, 11, and 1. I had a push last week. Took the Raiders minus 3. <clears throat> Steelers minus 10. Saints minus 3. Saints on the road. <coughs> Vikings minus one and a half. Who are they playing? Skins. Oh, dead skins. Jimmy Graham. Bucks plus two and a half. Correct. Uh, That's terrible. Give me the Packers plus five and a half. And give me uh <coughs> Let me get the G Men minus two and a half. You just picked three of the worst ten teams in the league. Correct. Okay. Just want you to know that. <clears throat> also playing three of the worst teams. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Um, where are the lines at? They're normally on here. What, did ESPN take the lines off? All right, someone tell me what the Jaguars are given in that game. <clears throat> three and a half. All right, I'll take the Jags, minus three and a half. Um, I'm going to hop on the Steelers with you, Ed. Steelers, minus ten. And... <clears throat> What's that Panthers line? Nine. Wow. I'll take the Dolphins plus nine. That's too many points. Don't feel great about that, but three straight uh three straight primetime games for the Dolphins. Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Whoever made the schedule should uh consider new employment. <laughs> it's terrible. 
<coughs> Shane, you want to tell us how excited you are for Week 10? Well, as of right now, not very, considering my two starting running backs in this game are in negative points. Um, so not off to a good start here and fighting for our lives. Makes me want to switch my pick to bowl. <laughs> um, but no, this is this is a big week, obviously. Um, a lot of playoff positioning going on right now. How were you able to get a contract negotiation done with Thomas Rawls after you did him dirty last week? <laughs> what'd you What'd you offer him? Offered, offered him twenty two bucks, I believe. <laughs> um, see if it pays dividends this week. Kind of just liked his matchup against the Cardinals. <clears throat> Thought he would get in the end zone here this week. You had to feel dirty putting that twenty two. I in. did. I felt pretty bad, but I'm like, you know what? I I need a running back. Yeah. And he was a starting running back. Um, Figured there was a good chance he could put up double digits this week. So I don't know if anyone else bid on. Makes it kind of hurt, but you had a lot of money though, so I think the only people that had more than you were Fegley and Eddie. So Ed, anything else for week ten? No, sir. All right, you looking forward to our matchup? Hardly. Ed, you're five and four, man. You gotta have a little more life than this. Wheels are falling off. AJ Green's like the number sixty-one receiver in the last four weeks. <clears throat> you selling it? You should stop punching people that have helmets on. <laughs> you have to explain that one to me as a former football player. Why do people swing at people that have helmets on? Why not? <laughs> then again, my hands weren't my livelihood, so. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, we just got a Russell Wilson touchdown. He threw it to Jimmy Graham. So I'm willing to bet Butler had a nice little fist pump for that. Early returns there. That's huge. And uh, just seems to be the way things have gone for Fegley. (laughs) Always in a hole. (laughs) Just always off to a rough start. It just never starts. Not that he's playing against Butler. It's just like, yeah, I, I don't understand how. Uh, anything he just, things never go his way. <laughs> so, all right, that's week ten podcast. Uh, looking forward to getting together next week. We are uh, coming down the stretch here. Three weeks left. Three regular season podcasts left. Um, hoping that the far division will be effectively settled after this week. So. Signing off for Eddie Mitchum and Shane Stein. I'm your host, the Commission, the Denver Desert Dog. Thanks for listening, guys. Good luck in Week 10, and we'll talk to you in Week 11.